to Down by the Bank, a Jacksonville Jaguars podcast, episode 21. This is Corey. Hey guys, what's up? It's Derek. We have a special episode today uh, with a special guest who we're super appreciative of uh, for joining us, and that is Scott Johnson, a reporter from uh, local media News for Jacks. Hey, Scott. Hey guys, thanks for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. We really appreciate it. Um, one of the things we tried to do with our podcast is just kind of give um, the local fans uh, a little bit of insight with the, the local media and kind of a little bit of behind the scenes so we can get to know you a little better. Um, you know, you're okay. somebody, yeah, so you're somebody we've uh, kind of uh, checked out on Twitter before. I know you've tweeted about a few things with the Jaguars, particularly press conferences and whatnot. Um, yep. But more than anything, uh, the biggest question of the day is Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp, yay or nay? Okay, I, I, I gotta say I'm in the middle on this. I say, if you take the history out of it, yay, because it just draws attention. I was in a firehouse subs in Mandarin last week, and I saw ESPN discussing the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp. And I'm pretty certain that ESPN has never discussed the Jacksonville Suns before. <laughs> so, in that regard, it at least gets us something. Uh, but I understand the history of the Suns, so that's the bad part there. Right. Yeah, I'm pro shrimp. Derek is anti shrimp, so we're kind of in this debate right okay. now. Very anti. Yeah, I've, I've heard both sides too. <laughs> I was a little late to the game on it. I was, I don't remember what I was doing the name the day it was announced, and my boss had said something to me about Scott. We think it'd be really good if you cover this this name change story, and I didn't know what she was talking about, and I wasn't <laughs> able to come cover it the day of, and then I was a little late to the game, and I started realizing. We named our team what? And then I finally figured it out as the day went on. Yeah. I think we actually, Derek, uh, I, I don't know if it was on the podcast or if um, JK3 had just texted us that they were actually on back order for a lot of that merchandise now. So um, from that, really? yeah, so from that standpoint, because I was going to get a hat, to be honest with you, but I can't even order one now. So I guess from a marketing standpoint, it, it certainly helped. So there's that. They were debating the on ESPN the Jumbo Strip or the Rumble Ponies. <laughs> which I think is Oklahoma City or something. I'm not sure. Yeah, Rumble, wow. Rumble Ponies is pretty lame. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'll take Jumbo Shrimp over that any day. Jumbo Shrimp any day of the week. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, cool. Um, so if you don't mind, can you just tell us uh, just briefly a little bit about um, you know, what you do for for News for Jacks and sort of um, you know, what brought you there and, and all that background okay. information. Uh, well, yeah, I'm a reporter. Coincidentally, I was on a Jaguar story today, a sad one, uh, Telvin Smith's brother. I was up in, um, his brother was killed Sunday night in a shooting. I was, I went up to Valdosta today and spoke with Telvin, uh, with his brother's family and, uh, everyone's kind of shocked by that. So that was a certainly a sad Jaguars related story. Telvin, from what we understand, has taken some time away from the team, uh, to go be with the family up in, Valdosta for the time being, and we certainly wish them well there. That was a sad Jaguar story to come up in the last few days, and the team is uh, just offering prayers and support there. Um, so that that was the latest Jaguar story I did. As far as myself, I've been at Channel 4 14 years um, and done a lot of Jaguar story over the years. People always ask me, are you sports? Are you weather? I'm like, no, I'm just news. I don't know if that's boring, but everyone assumes you either do sports or weather. I'm like, well, we do do news the rest of the time. So <laughs> people do that. So I do the news stories on Channel 4. But usually if there's news related to Jaguars, many times I will cover it. Uh, 
few of the ones that have come up over the years, the one that I was all proud of and got my boss all happy was when um, they benched Leftwich and Gerard was named the starter. So we're all scrambling, you know, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And, you know, we got to get interviews on this. This is the big news in town. And I don't remember how, but I found out where Gerard lived. <laughs> and I showed up on his front door. I got into his gated community. And he and his pregnant wife walked out. And surprisingly, he was all smiles and talked to me, <laughs> which doesn't always happen in the media. So my boss was all too happy to get an exclusive with David Gerard the night he was named the starter. Um, so we did a lot of that, did a lot of work when there was the Tebow mania, whether or not they were going to draft Tim Tebow a few years back, right. which did not happen. But as you know, that was extremely divisive, uh, <laughs> in the community. Oh yeah. And then, um, this year we, I mean, Channel 4 is now the home of the Jaguars, the official Jaguars TV station. And we do a lot with them, which is really exciting for us as a television station. Um, the, but their success has not been good. What is it, two and seven now? So that's been harsh. And right. I, I was tweeting from that news conference with Gus here. Oh, I think it was after the London game. No, it was before the London game. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was talking to Sam Kavaris, uh, our sports director, about whether or not, you know, Gus was going to get the axe. And Sam was saying, I don't think he will. Um, because we were speculating, you know, would it be possible the team wasn't doing so well and Gus was had his struggles going into the bye week, um, and Sam believed wholeheartedly, no, he, he didn't think it made any sense. Right. Um, while we do have coaches on staff in town, I think he said Tom Coughlin lives here, um, that it would, you know, there's options, but he didn't think that the Jaguars would cut ties with Gus. Um, you know, this, the year has been disappointing. Um, I will say we've been closer than in some games than others, but it, it, it's been disappointing, and I'm sure the franchise is hoping to turn it around soon. Right, right. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, that's that's really great insight. I mean, I you know, um, I would say that it's definitely been disappointing. Most of our podcast episodes this year have been fairly negative. <laughs> so, sure. um, and that's been kind of a bummer because I, I think Derek would agree. We'd much rather be talking about, uh, you know, playoff implications or even 500 record implications to be honest sure. with you. And one thing I will say guys that I've been excited about was, you know, we got all excited about our draft this past year with three stars. Essentially we picked up in one draft because, um, we had last year's draft pick was injured, so this is essentially his rookie year. And so essentially we got three high-profile rookies who, by second season, hopefully we will start to see progress, which will be next year. At least that's my personal hope. Right. Um, so with the three stars going into a second season, if we make some upgrades, but from the fan perspective, we say something along these lines every year. And for the past five or so years or longer, I don't even remember when you guys can probably tell me last time we had a winning season, but I remember it's been a while. Right. Yeah, it has. It's definitely been a while. When was it, Derek? Like what, like 2007 or 2007? Yeah. 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 When we went up to the Patriots and lost in that divisional round. Yeah. Uh, right. Okay. I do remember well. And then with Del Rio, I mean, it started going closer to 500 or sub 500 and they cut ties. But Jack Del Rio did have a good, I mean, he was a, relatively successful uh, during his time here. Um, I always remember when I first came here, 
uh, to Jacksonville. My wife and I were looking for a church to go to. So you know, we're brand new to the city. We've only been to the city a month or two. Mm-hmm. And we're sitting there, and it's right as Tom Coughlin is being ushered out the door. And I remember the minister sitting up at the pulpit saying, thanking Tom Coughlin for all he's done. And I was like, boy, because I'm from the Northwest, I was like, boy, I know I've moved to the South with the pastors and the pulpit uh, <laughs> thanking his football coach. <laughs> I thought that was interesting. Yeah, that is pretty funny, actually. Um, but yeah, no, and actually kind of, you know, to get started, speaking of Coughlin, um, I think it's kind of uh, anticipated at this point, I guess, unless we have a miraculous turnaround that will probably make a head coaching change in the offseason, at least. Um you know, in the news, a lot of people have been, and I don't know if it's actual news or if it's just people hoping this will happen, but, um, Tom Coughlin's, uh, been up in the news and the headlines lately about a potential comeback as the head coach. Um, so you kind of came to Jacksonville right towards the end of the Coughlin era, as you mentioned. Pretty um, much right at the end. And I didn't even know a lick about the Jaguars. I came from up by Seattle where back in the day we kind of had the Jaguar struggles. The Seahawks were not good until, oh, probably 10 years ago. Um, they were a dismal franchise for 25 years, and I grew up just kind of, they were the team that was always just awful. We'd watch them lose to the Raiders or Denver or whoever was out on the West Coast, and we'd go, oh, Seahawks again. But then all of a sudden, things start going right, and they've had a decade of, you know, doing exceptionally well, and I would hope the Jaguars are probably around the same age as Seahawks were now uh, when they started turning things around. Um, so at least that's my personal hope that they've had their, their rough couple of decades and hopefully they can start to be a major contender in years to come. And I believe Shot has done amazing things with the franchise. I've been really happy to see the upgrades. And I think he puts money into the team and it hasn't turned out, but I don't think it's due to a lack of effort. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, so you came in right at the end of the era of Coughlin. You know, his last few years weren't great. Obviously, that's why they made the change. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, um, you know, obviously one of the best starts of any expansion franchise uh, in NFL history. Um, do you think, especially with the Seattle example, do you think it's a situation where we should just kind of have a another fresh start, a reset? Or, or what are your thoughts on potentially bringing back Coughlin and kind of rekindle that magic from the 90s? Sadly, I wish I knew the answer. Um, I don't think Coughlin's personally a bad idea. He's had success in Jacksonville. He certainly had success with the Giants. Um, I don't know if it's the right answer. Uh, we, I mean, we've done a few resets here over the last 10 years, and it hasn't always worked out. So it's, it's hard to say, but Coughlin certainly has a proven track record. I honestly have no clue if he'd be interested or not. You guys might know better than I. Um, but I don't know. I don't know that he's a bad choice. I mean, he's certainly had success anywhere he's gone. Um, even though his last couple of years in Jacksonville weren't great, he, he has done well, and he certainly loves the city. Uh, he wouldn't still have a house here and still do the J Fund if that wasn't the case. Right. And, of course, you know, Derek, uh, you know this. Tom Coughlin's probably definitely listening to this podcast. So, uh, Tom, you should come on the next episode and, and let us know your, your interest. <laughs> So, uh, uh, if I can help you get Coughlin, I'll hook you up. <laughs> that would be uh, the hard part uh, for me at Channel Four, and I, I don't say this much publicly, but uh, we hire or we we now have uh, Mark Grinnell come on and do our Monday morning quarterback segment. He's a husky, and I'm a cougar. <laughs> talking about Washington, Washington State, so it's a little bit of a personal animus for me. I haven't said anything to him yet. It's <laughs> funny. Oh man, yeah, I don't think um, uh, Coach Coughlin's going to be on the show uh, anytime soon, but we would like that. Um, 
But you know, it, with with the return of uh, if that were to happen, um, it would definitely be different than it was you know ten twelve years ago because the fan base, the stadium, the atmosphere has grown. And since you came at the end of the Coughlin era, Scott, like what do you think now over the last you know ten twelve years to like how we've grown? Social media has obviously been a factor of that, but then also Shad Khan coming in and buying the team definitely has fans so excited in the beginning of the year. I guess that's why we're so disappointed uh, right now. So Sure, uh, and we- that's hard because Shot has really been an infusion into this. There was a lot of concern when he first bought it because he was just this random person no one had ever heard of when the Weavers sold the franchise. And then Shot comes in. He's this dynamic businessman with a larger-than-life personality and, frankly, a larger-than-life mustache that <laughs> – uh, that really took the city by storm and he's really put a lot into it and it's been exciting seeing all the developments he wants to do around there the rehab of the stadium and and frankly i i don't fault the franchise for a lot of the draft picks they're doing with my personal exception of the punter we drafted high not too long ago (laughs) four or five years ago hey that's Um, me too (laughs) but i i do think that we have put the effort in to get the stars and blake while he's been up and down this year i mean last year was great um the last three you know this draft was good so i see them putting in the effort i you know i don't know i mean i always i'm not an overly hyped sports fan so i'm always of the opinion that sometimes we overanalyze what went wrong in a game and you know it's just some things don't work out and we've had a bad we've had a bad run so i'm hoping that that can change i don't think it's due to lack of talent um, and frankly, I'm not a football guy, so a different football guy could tell you exactly what we need to fix it. But I do think we have a, a lot of stuff there with our younger people. And frankly, we've talked so long for the last, I think, three seasons. Every time I watch Jacksonville's young team, Jacksonville's young team, well, I think next year we're not going to be that young anymore. Because right. um, a lot of these guys like Blake, I mean, four years in the NFL is, is middle-aged. Right. So. I think that's like the biggest thing. I think that's the thing that's like frustrating too, is you see these other teams like Tennessee, for example, that turn it around in half the time. mm -hmm. You know, they're already competitive this year and it's just the fans, they look at that and they're like, you know, we, we think we have the talent, but in my personal Mm -hmm. opinion is that we do have the talent. I think the drafting has been really good. It's just that, uh, the only thing I can think of is it has to be a coaching change is the only thing that could really make us, uh, move the needle. And I don't want to make an opinion one way or the other, but I understand what that fans are frustrated and Gus has struggled and he's a great guy. And I will say, and I wasn't here for Coffin. You guys would know more about Coffin, but if I understand his reputation and more of a drill sergeant seems the opposite of the very uh, peppy Gus Bradley, who is always happy, always a very excitable personality. I don't know if Coffin would come in here and just be the, the opposite, but I, I don't know, Tom. I've just heard stories of before the time I was here that he was more of the drill sergeant type uh, hard-nosed football coach. Well, the thing about it, too, is, Scott, that people think that he learned his lesson in Jacksonville not to be so much of a drill sergeant, and that's why he was so successful in in New York is he was able to tone it down some and then really relate to the players, get inside their heads, and get the maximum ability out of them. Me, personally, that's what I think is wrong with the team is that Gus Bradley is not inside their heads, and so there, you know, some players, not all, not all, but some aren't giving the maximal ability, um, just because he's, you know, a player's coach, and sometimes you need a drill sergeant. 
sure. And I don't, you know, I don't know the answer. I mean, Gus is, Gus came in with a tough job to rebuild it. What is it? Year four now, I think. Right. Um, so, you know, it's hard. I know the NFL is a results oriented business, but he has, I'm sure he is doing everything he can. And, um, and I will leave it to the uh, sports gods and the fans to decide what his state is. I don't want to weigh in on that one, but I've always liked us. I think he's a really great guy, and I love his Seattle background, so I've always been a fan there. Right, right. Yeah, well, and, you know, just like I said, we hope we win the rest of the season out, to be honest with you, because we've always liked Gus, and uh, if we could turn it around somehow and save his job, we'd obviously be in favor of that because that means the team uh, was doing well. So, um but anyway, kind of shifting gears. So one thing that was definitely interesting, um, that was just like a huge, uh, viral, uh, thing in the, in the off season, especially. Yeah. I um, think I know where this is going. <laughs> so you had the interview and I, I, I wanted to make sure I, I pulled up her name. It was with uh, Roberta and Montgomery, AKA the fan who coined the phrase steal the show. Um, which yes. Was, yeah. Yeah. Which was huge. It blew up all over the internet. It's even on some t-shirts. I've seen around town, which is really funny. Um, you know, kind of what's the story behind that whole, uh, that whole interview? No one was more surprised by that than me. And I was the reason why it almost never happened. Um, <laughs> it was a story. We were doing a story, uh, on a Sunday about the Jaguars draft. Um, and you know, we're fans excited and we shot an entire story and I went back you know, we were ready to put it together at the TV station, and my cameraman said, uh-oh, we had a technical glitch, and a lot of our stuff that we recorded didn't record. Hmm. So I was grumpy as all get out. I'm like, well, okay, we got to go redo it. So we went back downtown, and, you know, I was just, I was grumpy because I was having to reshoot a story I'd already shot. <laughs> and we walked by this woman sitting on the, you know, along the river, and, you know, I was generalizing, just looking, figuring guys would give me better sound bites um, because they're more into football traditionally. Sure. But this woman sitting down there in kind of a self-made tent yells to me something, you doing a story about the draft. So immediately I stick my microphone in her face. I'm all too happy to hear her. <laughs> and she starts saying this stuff, steal the show, looks at the camera, talks about her beach house. <laughs> so her beach house, well, not so close to the beach. And I do the interview, and I'm like, evidently a bad judge of sound bites. I'm like, okay, whatever, lady. And I moved on to the next interview. <laughs> so I go do my little story without Roberta, without Steal the Show, and it goes on TV that night. But one of my coworkers, Heather Lee, sees the interview back at the TV station and goes, this is funny. Hey, guys, what do you think we put this on Facebook? <laughs> so she does. And then I'm at home on uh, Sunday night, and I start getting random texts from people. Steal the show. Wow, Scott, where'd you find her? And I, I was confused. <laughs> like, well, what are you talking? And then I start to remember, the woman I interviewed this morning, so I called the TV station, found out they put it on the Internet, and people start telling me it's going viral, and I don't quite get it uh, for about 48 hours. And then the NFL starts getting interested and the Jaguars start calling my TV station. Who is this woman? We want a promoter. So that's how Roberta came about. The problem was months they, they wanted to follow up and meet her. And I knew this, but I didn't want to say it publicly or I assumed Roberta's homeless. Right. And so in general, I'm, 
pretty darn good at tracking people down. It's what I do for a living, except homeless people, because frankly, there's no way for me to track them. Right. We finally had had so much outpouring of people wanting to hear more about Roberta and her beach house and everything that one of my producers said to me, hey, let's just stick you on the street for a night, spend an entire night, you go out and look for Roberta. And we ended up doing the story about, can anyone help me find Roberta? And I started getting a flood of emails, and we were finally able to track her down at Shelter Downtown, did a follow-up with her, and it was great. And she was I think she was a little confused by why she was just going through life for months at a time, and random, usually younger college-age or young NFL-type guys were running up and taking selfies with her. <laughs> she eventually figured out that she was a bit of an Internet phenomenon, but, uh, but for a while, I think it was a little confusing to her. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. So, um, has and the... and I do want to point out, I think in her day, she did have a Miami beach house, well sorted near the beach. Yeah, that's awesome. Back nice. in the day. <laughs> oh man, yeah the, uh, the the passion, you know, hey, at every uh, regardless of what the, what was said afterwards, at least she had sounds like she had some passion somewhere down she there. She did have passion. You yeah. can't beat that. Uh-uh. Uh, you know. Don't want the new kid to come in and steal the show, and you can't beat it. And I uh, I don't know if she ever got any royalties out of that or not, but I'm sure a lot of people made money. Yeah. I had a guy email me late to the game. A bunch of people just ran with us. A guy emailed, finally emailed me and said, can I use the image of Roberta uh, to sell my shirts or whatever? I just passed it on to someone else. You guys decide if you want to sell Roberta's image. I, I wasn't going to get in the middle of that. Yeah, oh, man. that's the only thing that kind of maybe bums me out about it is I wish maybe some of those people had reached out to her and tried to, you know, like you said, monetize Yeah, and it. that was one of the struggles. It was hard to find her. Uh, so I, I I feel bad that, you know, if 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 there was a way for her to capitalize, she probably needed the money as much as anyone. Right. Yeah, it's mm. still still a cool story, though. It's it's definitely fun. It is a cool story, yeah. Yeah, but I appreciate the and, backstory. Uh, it's really interesting. Yeah, I know, and I was um, excited to have uh, some excitement over her. The Jaguars, no matter how we got it. <laughs> yeah, because that was like, and last thing on it, I won't dwell too much, but that was everywhere. So hopefully, uh, were you getting contacted personally by a lot of uh, people out in the internet world and uh, ESPN and everything? Yeah, and most people, frankly, ran with the marketing of it and didn't bother running it by me. And I would have loved to have had any royalties I could have, but I don't think <laughs> I was in a, really in a position to ask for them. But I, I thought it was pretty cool. All right. Well, know that next off season we're going to be looking forward to the next viral thing that you create for. Okay. Uh, okay. And so I, I am as specifically planning during the off season. Uh, I am. I am right now game planning. If I don't go back to Roberta, I'll try and find someone new. Okay, because Scott Viral Video Johnson is going to be your new nickname up to this point. Okay. I love wow. that. I love that. <laughs> wow. I've always my and this is a little more personal. I've always told my cameraman. Because uh, as TV reporters, you know, people come up and try and laugh and joke or whatever behind your camera while you're on. I said, if they ever do anything to me, you do not stop recording. I want my viral moment. <laughs> That's really funny, actually. Dedication. Dedication. Dedication, yep. Yeah, I'll go down cool. with the ship. That's cool. Oh, man. So, Scott, um, You've, you've tweeted before, and uh, I've tweeted from uh, press conferences with uh, Coach Bradley, and you yep. know, obviously, right now he's on he, he, he's on the devil's throne right now, man. It's so hot. Sure, it's not uh, an easy time for him. Yeah. 
Um, how does the interactions are now? I'm sure they've changed from the beginning of the season to now, um, from more of op- optimistic to like, you know, oh, geez, you know, we only got six weeks left, per se. Is that kind of how sure. it goes in, in, during those interviews? Yeah, and I and frankly, I'm not sports, so I don't deal with Gus as much as our sports guys who see him every week. Um, I will say the times I do see him, he's always positive. He tries to be as blunt and open as I've seen anyone. Um, I see a lot of coaches. Um, I don't know. I don't know that Belichick's a good example because he wins so much, but he won't say a lot during uh, press conferences. But right. Gus uh, seems pretty open. Just says he doesn't want to lose. I know he doesn't want to lose, but so it it's got to be difficult to go through those newsers. But I I think it, from what I've seen, he's always been open and just blunt with us about this is where we're at and this is what we're trying to do. But so far, it hasn't been working as much as a lot of people would like this year. Well, and I always hear like a lot of fans kind of criticize the media for not, um, you know, I guess grilling the coach more or something. But I mean, it just seems like a lot of the media has a lot of respect for him, just like you said, in the way he answers questions and how direct he is. And um, I think in other markets, the reason that people see that more often where the media is kind of going after the coach is they're not probably as open or as direct or as honest. And so I think it's just different here because I think the relationship between the media and him is just really good. And I think that's a good thing, honestly. Yeah. And he does have a good relationship. I just wish it would translate into wins because at the end of the day, the fans could care less about, you know, and I, I've heard a lot over the last couple of seasons about we like Gus, but we want wins. And I think that's the, the reality of the hard nose NFL. People want wins no matter who it is. Um, right. so, and I know Gus wants it as much as anyone does. Um, and I know the team wants it. So it's, it's difficult and I don't know they can't turn it around. I'm not looking at the schedule, so I don't know what all we have in front of us, but I know we had some of the hard games, uh, past us. For some reason, we just struggle against the AFC West. I don't know what it is. Um, <laughs> but I feel we have, I think we will do better against Tennessee than we did last time. And we always do it good against Indy. So, I mean, I I think we might have Cleveland coming up, which I feel good about, but I'm not sure about that. Um, so I feel good that we'll get some wins coming up. Yeah, it's going to be tough. They got Detroit and Buffalo back to back away games. So uh, okay, yeah, that's uh, but you know I, you gotta you gotta appreciate Gus's uh, passion, Coach Coach Bradley's passion, and and you know we we want it to work because he's a likable guy, but it just. You know, like you said just a minute ago, I like Gus Bradley, but yep, <laughs> there's that. Bunch. And they changed the offensive coordinator, uh, right? And hopefully that continues to progress. Um, right. But frankly, guys, I got to be honest. I'm not a football guy. I couldn't tell you what'll solve it. Um, but frankly, I don't even know if the football guys could tell you what's going to happen. <laughs> right. I think that's the key thing right now. I think that's, uh, that's what's creating most of the, uh, disappointment, to be honest with you. Just not a yep. lot of solutions out there, but, um. And it's been jarring that- this year to watch Gus play, I think, both Malarkey and Del Rio, which has just been yes. awkward to watch. Yes, that is very annoying losing those two yeah. games for sure. And definitely yeah. like from my perspective, like Derek, I'm, I'm more of like the casual fan as well. Like Derek's more of like the X's and O's, like hardcore knowledgeable fan. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I think even, I mean, Derek, you would agree, even you've kind of struggled with a, a way to kind of describe their struggles this season and how to, 
how to fix it, I guess. Yeah, it, it's it's tough. Um, I'm no way, shape, or form a NFL college, uh, you know, uh, Hearst kind of uh, football uh, guy. Uh, but I, I do understand a lot of it, and you know, th- they're basic things. They're basic things that teams do all the time that we can't do. So um, it, it's tough. But, but I'm hopeful. Miles Jack, Dante Fowler. Season two for them. I'm right. essentially season two for them. I'm hoping means something for the defense. Um, I'm hoping. Uh, I've seen them go head to head with some of the top top guys in the league and have success at times. And they're essentially rookies, so there's something right. to be said for that. Yeah, right. yeah absolutely. I think it's fun to kind of have members of the local media on just so people can kind of, you know, chat with you to sort of, you know, see behind the scenes a little bit, see what your thought process is. So I uh, definitely appreciate you sharing a lot of the, the, the stories and the things that you've, uh, you know, gone through since you've been here. And um, again, just thanks so much uh, from both of us for being on the podcast and joining us. Today. Well, I, I enjoyed it. Thank you so much. And if I can uh, hear anything about getting top one on your show, I will definitely let you know. <laughs> <laughs> all right yeah we're gonna be uh checking on you like probably daily on that so just be on the lookout okay, okay? <laughs> it's not a problem you guys take care all right thanks. all right all right thanks scott talk to you later okay. all right so that has uh been the podcast for today uh just remember that we are on itunes soundcloud stitcher and i haven't announced it yet but we just got confirmed for google play so we're now on google play as well so if you're on android it's just another way to listen to us um, please leave us a rating or review on iTunes if you get a chance. And uh, remember to check us out on Facebook and Twitter because we put updates for new episodes and other little funny things that we find on there. Um, so uh, thanks again for uh, joining the, the show or listening to us today, and we'll talk to you guys later. All right, guys. Take care. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.